So, the title of my message is called Called Out. Uh, and I've been called a lot of things in my life. Monique, obviously, um, as far as I know. Um, I was called Monkey for a while because my brother couldn't pronounce my name. Uh, I've been called um, a daughter. I've been called a student. I've been called uh, the favorite child. <clears throat> it's mostly when I do the dishes, though, let's be honest. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Uh, so I've been called a lot of things in my life. I've also been called some things that aren't true, though. I've been called stupid. I've been called ugly. I've been called um, unworthy. I've been called weak. All of these things. And I know that every single one of us in this room has that kind of story in their life where you've been called something that isn't true. But then what happens is I begin to call myself not good enough. I begin to call myself unworthy. And we start to call ourselves what the world calls us. But I'm calling this message called out. Because we're reading through Luke, right? We're reading through the chapter of Luke. And Jesus does something that I love. He calls people out. He called out the Pharisees on all the crap that they were talking about. Sorry. Um, he called uh, people out of the situations that they were in and brought them into what he'd called them to be in the, originally in the first place. And so sometimes what happens, though, is that we've been called out already. In fact, every single one of you have been called out by God. You've been called. You've got a calling on your life. You've got something that God's um, pulling you towards. But we call ourselves out of that calling. We say to ourselves, no, I'm not good enough. And that fear of not being good enough, that fear of not being enough, that's a serious problem in our world today. That cripples us. That holds us back from the fullness in which God has called us towards. That holds us back from the greatness that God has in store for us. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 9 says, For no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind can fully even imagine the good things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Paul wrote that. I don't know about you, but I want what he's having. I want that kind of confidence to step out and be like, you know what? Even though my situation does not reflect it right now, I've been called for bigger things. I have good things in store. God's going to turn everything out for good, and He's called me good. He's called me enough. I don't know about you, but that's what I want. So we've been looking at Luke, and we've been, we finally got up to chapter 6, which is awesome. Um, and so if you open up your Bibles to Luke 6, verse 1 to 11, uh, I'll just read it out as well. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and his disciples began to pick heads of grain, rub them through their hands, and eat the kernels. Some of the Pharisees asked, Why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them, Have you never read what, Jesus, what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He entered the house of God and, taking the consecrated bread, he ate what is lawful only for priests to eat. He also gave some to his companions. Then Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is the Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath he went to the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was shriveled. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. But Jesus knew what they were thinking and said to the man with a shriveled hand, Get up and stand in front of everyone. So he got up and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, 
What is lawful to do on a Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save a life or to destroy it? He looked around at them all and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He did so and his hand was completely restored. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were furious and began to discuss with one another what they might do to Jesus. All right. Whew, what a roller coaster. Um, firstly, I just want to point out that Jesus seriously called out the Pharisees right there. He said in verse, I think it's three, it says, have you not read? Guys, have you not read? This guy said it to the guys who are students of the law. They read the word as their profession. That's their job to do. And Jesus was like, have you not read the Bible? Have you not glanced upon these pages? I wrote something here and you did not even see it. You guys completely missed the point. You missed the whole point of the whole scriptures because let's give some context here, right? The Israelites, um, they had a ton of commandments to do. One of those things was to the Sabbath, to observe the Sabbath, to keep it holy. It was a day of rest. What does rest look like? That's what the rabbis, all of these people, um, the teachers of the law, spend hours and days and months and years arguing. Books were written on this subject. Um, there's up to date now like 39 categories of activities, 39 categories, not 39 activities, 39 categories of activities that Jews aren't allowed to do on the Sabbath. So that was the culture of the times, right? That they're, they're just pound by, there's so many laws and rules and regulations 24-7, everywhere you go. Jesus comes in and says, okay, firstly, you're doing it all wrong. Because you guys missed the whole point. It's not about rules. It's not about regulations. And that's my first point when we're talking about being called out. God called us out. He called us out beyond the rules. Now, I'm not saying rules aren't good. I'm just saying sometimes we interpret rules in the wrong way. Sometimes we interpret the law in the wrong way. And I'll give you an example, right? Okay. <clears throat> so what happened was um, Jesus said to them, the people whose job it was to read the law, okay, you guys read this wrong. It's all about relationship, not religion. But they were so obsessed with the letter of the law that they missed the heart of the law. It's like a guy who uh, sticks to the speed limit, right? I had this analogy somewhere. It's really great. The Pharisees were like the guy who stuck to the speed limit. He sticks to the speed limit when it's a sunny day, which is awesome. But then he sticks to the speed limit when it's a rainy day, and he really should be driving according to the conditions. So you miss the point that the heart of the law is to keep people safe, in that case at least. But that's the same thing with God. He just made the law to give us boundaries to live life to the full. But these Pharisees were so obsessed with the letter of the law that they disqualified and they discounted anyone who didn't fit that mold. Anybody who didn't obey those particular rules. And I feel like sometimes we as Christians can do that as well. I'll be honest here, guys, and I need you to be honest with me too. But sometimes we can look at the outside of somebody. We can see, ah, they don't fit our, our idea, our rules, everything that we've interpreted the Bible to be like. They look from the outside as if they don't fit that, and so we disqualify them, and we miss the person that's within. We can look at somebody, and they're not dressed right, and we can go, mm, your shoulders are showing. 
And yeah, I know, blasphemy. Um, but we can do that and we can miss the whole person behind the law. And that's what Jesus was saying. I'm not here to, to do all of the things that you Pharisees said I should do. I'm not here to fit this law that you guys have interpreted. Because here's the key thing, guys. Our concept of God affects our interpretation of his word. Our concept of God affects our interpretation of his word. And so what happened, right, is that the Pharisees had this harsh, judgmental, angry God picture in their heads. And so, of course, their interpretation of the law is going to be super harsh. No wonder we have judgmental Christians because their view of God is that he's a judgmental God. But if you believe like we do, that God is a God of love, that he's here for us, that he's caring and he's merciful and he died on the cross out of love so that we can live in relationship with him, you interpret the law that way. And Jesus called them out. He flat out called them out. Um, it was like a clap back of Jewish proportions. It was awesome. Um, and, and he said, listen, you guys, I've called people out beyond the rules beyond your interpretation, because I don't work the way that you guys do. And then my second point, right, um, is he's called us out beyond our situation. If we look at that second passage, that second um, half of uh, that, that passage, where Jesus handles the man with the withered hand, right? Now, I was reading this, and I had to kind of do like a double take. I was like, wait, wait, hang on, what has, what's happened here? Because... Jesus healed the man, and that's what we normally take away from this passage. But we forget that he actually gives the man two commands. He tells him to stand up, and then he tells him, stretch out your hand. Then he heals him. He didn't heal the man where he was sitting and then got the man to stand up. And I don't know if you guys know, but if you are called to stand up in the synagogue, then you're able to participate. And this is a man who has a withered hand who most likely has been kind of cast out, or not cast out, but looked down upon by his peers, by the society. Because in those times, if you had any kind of disability, it was considered that that was like a punishment from God to you, and that was a punishment from your sins. So people would avoid that guy. They probably were like, mm, can you just do this outside? And, and so Jesus didn't even... Like, he didn't even... Um, Go by the status quo. He said to the man, stand up. He called him qualified to participate even when society said he wasn't. And it's the same thing with us. Sometimes society tells you that you're not good enough. Sometimes the world tells you that you're not smart enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not eloquent enough, you can't do these things, you're... Um, you are a dropout, so you can't go to university and keep studying, you're... Um, your parents were terrible, and so you can't be a role model. You can't be a good parent. But Jesus says he calls things into being that don't even exist yet. This, is, this was beyond <laughs> comprehension. I kind of just sat there for a moment when I read that, and I realized that I like blinked for a second, and I was like, whoa, okay, that's deep. And the thing is, though, is that I felt really challenged by this because I've done this a lot in my life, where I've said, I'm not good enough to do this. And I felt so daunted by these um, things that are ahead of me, um, by these impossible, seemingly, tasks that are in front of me. And I go, 
yeah, I can't do that. I'm not good enough because I'd internalized all these things that people had said over me in the years and I started speaking it out in my life, started speaking it out over my situations and even people from the outside would have looked in and said, "Mm, I don't think there's anything happening here. But Jesus doesn't work like that. Let me just tell you this right now. God does not work like that. God does all things. um, Well, it says all things are possible through him. God can do the impossible when it looks like nothing is possible. And it's not because of us. It's not because of our weak little beings. <laughs> it's because of Him. It's, it's His grace. It's His mercy. He's, his, um, he's glorified in our flaws and our weaknesses. But we need to believe this. We need to believe that God calls us out beyond just where we are. We need to believe that we are qualified because God said, well, Jesus said to that man, you're qualified to participate, stand up in front of everybody else. And I think right here, right now, tonight, in front of everybody in this room, I'm telling you guys that you are qualified to participate. You are qualified to go for that job. You are qualified to take that position. You're qualified to talk to your friends about Jesus. You have the authority because you have the guide backing you up. Because of Jesus, you're able to do these things. And we need to believe it. We need to believe it, my guys. So then we've got my final point, which is number three. We're called to stand. We're called to stand. Well, actually, yeah. We're called out beyond ourselves and we're called to stand. So what it's like is that Jesus called the man qualified, but he still had to stand up in order to step into that qualification that the Lord had placed in front of him. He still had to act. He still had to step into what God had spoken over him. And that's what I'm saying is so many of us, God's spoken over you. He's spoken of you years ago. He said, you are loved, but a lot of us don't ever step into that. He says, you are enough, but a lot of us never walk like that. He says, you are my favorite human being in the entire world, but for some reason, instead, we just walk with our shoulders slumped and our heads hanging low. Instead of shoulders back, chins up, because we are the son and daughters of the most living God, a God who, need I remind you, died sacrificed himself, sacrificed everything so he could be with us, so that we could be adopted into his family. But do you walk like that? Do you talk like that? Do you share Jesus to your friends and to your family and to your workmates? Because if you walked as if God was backing you up, you wouldn't be afraid to go out and share that love with other people. It's this incredible story of love and redemption. A God that says, you are enough. And sometimes what happens is we sit back and we go, yeah, I'm enough. But then we don't tell other people that they're enough too. You've got your friend who thinks that they're not good enough. You've got your workmate who's struggling with anxiety and depression. You've got your um, family friend or your family who member who's um, sick who's not walking in healing or anything like that. And you've got the good news. Guys, you've got the good news. You have hope. It's right here. It's right here. You have hope that you can share to people, but we don't walk as if we're walking in hope. 
And we need to walk like it. We need to talk like it. It needs to be in every single inch of our being because God has called us out. And I feel like I'm kind of calling some people out because a lot of you are looking really convicted right now. (laughs) But he's called you out. He's called you into your calling. There's some of you who have dreams, some things that God has placed in your hearts, a group maybe that you need to lead or a job that you need to take or a person that you need to talk to. A lot of you guys right now are thinking of somebody that you know that needs to hear this word. And God's called you out to go and speak it because you are qualified. You have the authority. You have the backing out. You can go beyond the rules. You can go beyond your situation because our God is a living God and he's bigger than anything that's in the present right now. And so that's basically it because we have not a lot of time. But I wanted you guys to live like that. I want you to realize that You may have these excuses. You may have reasons for why I'm not qualified. You can have a thousand becauses. Because I'm not good at this. Because I'm not enough. Because, because, because. But you only really need one reason for why you're able. And that's Jesus. You only need to, isn't it easier to just remember one reason why you can do it than a thousand reasons why you can't? My one reason that I can do anything in life is Jesus. And I will shout it from the mountaintops. And I, maybe I share a little too much with my friends at work, but they love it anyways. And it's, <laughs> all it is, guys, is that you may think, oh, I'm not, too, I'm not eloquent enough. I can't speak to people because I'm not eloquent enough. Listen, Moses stuttered. As in the dude who led the Israelites out of, Egypt out of slavery he stuttered he had a speech impediment Uh, I'm not I'm not brave enough to do that Gideon the guy who led armies um, against the people who are the enemies of Israel that guy was a coward like big time he was such a coward but he did it anyways because God called him out you can say "Mm, I'm too young I had that a lot I thought, "Mm, I'm too young. I can't do these kinds of things. No one's going to listen to me. I have things that I want to share, but no one's going to listen to me because I'm too young. So I might as well wait until I'm older and then wait a little bit longer until I'm older then. But if we look at Timothy, right? Paul said to him, don't let anyone discount you because of your age. And that's, I think, something that someone needs to hear tonight. And it's not just if you're too young. If you're too old or if you're not in the right age bracket, the Bible says, don't let anyone discount you because of your age. Don't let anyone discount you because of anything. Don't let them discount you because of your past, because of your current situation. No matter where you are, God has called you qualified. God called you enough. God called you, (laughs) He called you more than just the person that you see in the mirror sometimes. He called you for more and He's calling you out today. So we're going to finish off on that. I want everyone, heads down, eyes closed. We're going to pray. Dear God, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for Your people. Thank You for the ability to get together and to talk about You and to share about You. Thank You, God, that You've called us for more than just where we are now. Thank You, God, that You have called us enough. You called us worthy. You called us loved. You called us 
bigger than our situations. You called us into the impossible. And Lord, I pray over people tonight who feel like they are in impossible situations, who feel like they're not enough, who feel like they're just overwhelmed by their flaws and their insecurities. God, I declare that gone in Jesus' name. I declare new revelation of your love for them. I declare that no matter what the situation that any single person in this room is right now, we know, God, that you are bigger. And I pray that people will begin to walk in that like never before, that the church begins to walk as if they are walking in hope like never before, that people will begin to share and to be brave and to be bold and to be eloquent and all of those things because of you. 